welcome Nexus Church family online to our series in the book of Mark that's self-titled. In the series, we're exploring the life of Jesus and applying it to our personal lives. If you have more questions or if you would like to get a hold of us, go to nexuschurchmn.com. You can find all the information on there as well as emailing nexuschurchmn at gmail.com. You can check us out on Facebook, but we'd love to connect with you and help you to connect to Jesus. Enjoy today's message. Welcome back, Nexus Church family, to another week in our series in the book of Mark. Over the course of this series, we've been discovering the life of Jesus and his teachings and applying it to our daily life. And this week, we are wrapping up the second to last week in this series. We've done a lot of groundwork in this, and over the course of the last year and a half, with a few breaks in between, uh, we've gone a long ways. And today... If you're joining us live in person, we'll be celebrating Easter, the resurrection of Jesus. And in fact, that's what we will be reading about today from the book of Mark, the resurrection of Jesus. But in the resurrection, there is a story within the story. Of course, we celebrate on Easter the fact that Jesus rose from the dead, that death could not keep him down, that sin didn't destroy him. He conquered death. He conquered sin because the result of our sin, the bad things that we do, there is the penalty of death. Jesus died for you and for me. He was the sacrifice on the cross. He was the one that took all the penalty that we deserved. Everything that we earned, he took on the cross. And we talked about that in the previous weeks when he was up on the cross and the fact that when he cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It was in that moment where the Father had to turn away because it was the one and only time in all of eternity that Jesus was abandoned by his Father because God cannot be in the presence of evil. He was forsaken. God looked away. Jesus took our death, the penalty of our sin. And when he did that, he breathed his last, and he passed from this earth. And then he was, as we will read today, put in a grave. But Jesus conquered death. And Within that story that we will read today, there is another story that occurs, and that is of the disciples themselves. And we'll read about how when we experience the miracle of Jesus in our own lives, we have an option of how we will respond like they did. And so we'll get to all of that today in time. And so I just want to begin by reading just a couple sections at a time and going through it and applying it to ourselves and then coming down to the end where we will look at our own lives and examine areas of our own life where we need to respond to this good news of the resurrection and the power of Jesus. And so let's begin in Mark chapter 15, verse 40. Now again, Jesus was just laid to dead like he was 
gone. There was nothing left inside of him. If you read other gospel accounts, uh, Pilate had the, the soldier stick a, a, a spear in him and out came water and blood. He was done. He was gone. There was nothing left. And thankfully, he wasn't left up there to be ridiculed and, and mocked anymore. The animals couldn't consume him anymore. There was one who had pity on the dignity of Jesus and had him put in a grave. And so we come upon that last breath, that last breath that he breathed on that not so good Friday. And we come to verse 40. We read, there were also some women watching from a distance. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother, James the younger, and Jehoses and Salome. In Galilee, these women followed him and took care of him. Many other women had come up with him to Jerusalem. So even though many had abandoned Jesus at the cross and turned away, these stood at a distance. Though women were not welcomed in that culture like they are in our culture, they had to be at a distance watching it all, not being able to say a thing. They were there. And Jesus knew it. Continuing on. When it was already evening, because it was the day of preparation, that is the day before Saturday, the Sabbath, Joseph of Arimathea, a prominent member of the Sanhedrin, who was himself looking forward to the kingdom of God, came and boldly went to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. Now, this is very fascinating, right? Because Jesus was not welcomed amongst the Sanhedrin. He was not in any way, shape, or form celebrated, right? And, and so somewhere along the line, Joseph had an encounter with Jesus somewhere, somehow, but he had never stood up for Jesus, right? There was nobody in the Sanhedrin who stood up and said, let this man go. He may have been concerned about his own safety, his reputation, his ability to have prominence within the Sanhedrin, but even though he had lost that opportunity to stand up for Jesus, he in this moment stood up, right? So he stood up for Jesus, and he asked Pilate for Jesus' body. In verse 44, we read, Pilate was surprised that he had already been dead. And so he summoned the centurion, the one who said, surely this is the Son of God, right? If you just read a few verses up, he was also in some way converted. And so he summoned the centurion and asked him whether he had already died. And we know other accounts that that centurion went up and stabbed Jesus and definitely concurred that he was dead. And then when he found out from the centurion, he gave the corpse to Joseph. After he brought some linen clothes, Joseph took him down and wrapped him in linen. Then he laid him in a tomb, cut out of the rock, and rolled a stone against the entrance of the tomb. Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, were watching where he was laid. So these women were left to watch. Right? So here we have Jesus left on the cross. Thankfully, Joseph had 
the guts to go to Pilate and ask for the body. Now, this is important because according to Roman law, if you were crucified, you would part part of this process of allowing the person to to go through this pain and agony and, and absolute mockery, if you will, part of it was to be left on the cross after you had passed and being eaten alive by the animals. It was part of their, their way of saying, don't mess with the Romans, right? Here's what happens to you. We don't care about your dignity. We don't put you in a tomb. We leave you hanging until there is nothing left but your bones. And so according to the Roman way, Jesus should have been left. But again, remember, if, if you're with us for the, the study we had on Pilate a few weeks earlier, we, we came across the fact that Pilate believed, but somehow or another he never was willing to stand up for fear of what would happen to him and potentially the riot that would assume and then his removal of power because he couldn't control the pity little Israelites. So he never really came around. But in this moment, he cared enough about the dignity of Jesus to allow Joseph to take him. Now this was important for Joseph too because this was a public proclamation of his own to take Jesus and wrap him in linen cloth and to put him as we will, would read in Matthew 27 verse 60 that he put him in his own tomb that was already prepared for himself so that when he passed away he would have a place of burial. He gave it to Jesus as, this, as we would call a temporary burial ground not himself knowing that Jesus would rise from the grave. He, he sacrificed it believing that Jesus would have that as a place of rest. And so he gave his own tomb. He went out and he bought linen for burial and ultimately he risked the reality that he may be kicked out of the Sanhedrin after all of the fear. He finally stood up for Jesus. He finally did. What he wasn't willing to do earlier. But what we don't read in this passage and what, what isn't written at all in anywhere of the Gospels is what happens between the resurrection and that not so good Friday. What happened between those days? This was the day of rest. As, as we read, they kind of rushed Jesus into this tomb. He, you know, Joseph just quickly wrapped Jesus up, right, to kind of protect him from, I suppose, maggots or something getting in there before they could put all the oils on him and prepare him properly uh, a day later, right? He put him in the tomb. He left him. And, of course, all of the... Israelite religious elite convince Pilate to have a guard there so that nobody would take him away and then his prophecy would be fulfilled, right? And so what, what happened in the in-between? Jesus was laid to rest hastily and the women left. They left. In silence. 
not knowing what they would even come back to. Not knowing if they could even get in, if the soldiers would let them in, and if they would let them in, how they would get the, the rock rolled away. They didn't know what we knew. There was no understanding at that time. They, they, Jesus told them that he would come back. Jesus told them that the grave wouldn't keep him down, that three days later he would rise from the grave. They didn't fully understand that. It just was something that they weren't accustomed to. It wasn't a normal, everyday, existing thing. It never had happened before, right? I mean, Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, but nobody's ever raised themselves up from the dead. And so we have this day of silence. What was going through their mind? Sitting at home, waiting. They couldn't do anything. It was a day of rest. There was no preparation they could do. All they could do is sit. Can you imagine for a whole day after you just experienced the most traumatic thing in your life, the torturing, the mockery, all of the, the crazy things that went with it, the, the hours of blackness that occurred, the temple curtain being torn from top to bottom. It was traumatic. And then you had to sit and wait. This is supposed to be a day of celebration, right? This was, the, they were celebrating the Passover of what God did in freeing Israel from slavery. They could only think of their own Savior that wasn't saved. And we come, come to the Sunday morning, first day of the week. And they didn't mess around. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, brought spices so that they could go to anoint him, right? Give him proper burial. Very early in the morning on the first day of the week, they went to the tomb at sunrise. The first moment that they could go to the tomb, they were up and at it. Didn't mess around. Assumed it was safe. They were ready. And then they were saying to one another, who will roll away the stone from the entrance of the tomb for us? Right? Here we go. We're going. We are ready. We have everything prepared from that night before the sundown occurred on the Sabbath day, they were ready. Had everything lined up. And they got up early in the morning. The first moment that they could run out, they were up and they were running. And as they're running, they're wondering, how in the world are we going to get in? The soldiers sure aren't going to let us in. And they're standing there guarding. How are we going to take care of them? How are we going to roll the rock away? What are we going to do? But yet they ran. Looking up, they noticed that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. Imagine, as you're turning to another, how are we going to do this? How, I don't know. Who are we going to talk to? I don't know. Well, maybe we'll sit there all day. They look up, and as they're running, 
they notice that the rock isn't there anymore. What happened? What did they do now? What do the Romans do now? Or did the Israelites come and do something? How could they? Why would anybody do anything like this? Think of the things that would be running through your head after you just experienced all this traumatic stuff, things that didn't go the way you thought they should, and now, on top of it, you're thinking, the worst-case scenario, things, what could happen? And so they entered the tomb, and they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side. They were alarmed. (laughs) You better believe they are alarmed. Like, What? Who is this? Sitting in the place of Jesus was some kind of angelic being. Like, I'd be freaked out. I'd be alarmed, all right. What in the world is going on here? I mean, you have every emotion under the sun going through you. You're experiencing trauma. You're still trying to figure that out. You have these questions of how are we going to get in there. Then the rocks rolled away, and you're thinking, oh, great. Now what did they do? And you get in, and there's somebody that is angelic sitting where Jesus was supposed to be, I would definitely be freaked out. (laughs) And then, on top of that, this angelic being says, don't be alarmed, he told him. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they put him. What? He's risen? You've got to be kidding me. Like, where did he rise to? Can you just imagine these things? This is the first time nothing like this has ever happened. But go, tell his disciples and Peter. Just love that. Right? Make sure you tell Peter. Give him hope. He's really depressed for everything he's experienced. Tell him. He's going ahead of you to Galilee, and you will see him there just as he told you. They went out and ran to the tomb because, and trem- because trembling and astonishment overwhelmed them. And they said nothing to anyone since they were afraid. Oh, man, the stone was rolled away. I don't know about you, but the emotions, the thoughts, the fear, it's just all rushing through your head. And it's all just starting to come together. And you're like, this, this has to be. What, what he said is actually happening. Could, could what he really said be true? We didn't fully understand, but now we're seeing it happen right before our eyes. Everything has happened just like he said it was. And now this has happened. It must be true. He's alive. We got to go tell the disciples we got to fill them in. This is awesome. But then the unexpected happened. You see, Jesus followed through on everything he said. And as they go back, they're realizing this. It has to be true. Verse 9. Then early, on the very first day of the week after he had risen, he appeared, right? Now, he appears. He 
comes to the scene to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had driven seven spears. She went and reported to those who had been with him as they were mourning and weeping, right? So he appears to them. After the angel told him, go and tell, now he appears to them. He shows up and he tells them, it is I. It's true. He is really risen. They see it with their own eyes. Mary sees it, and she went and reported to those who had been with him as they were mourning and weeping, right? They were hiding. They were scared. They didn't know what to do. They were still filled with trauma. Yet when they heard that he was alive and had been seen by her, they did not believe it. She saw it with her own eyes. There's no doubt. You can't disprove reality. You can't disprove somebody's testimony. It is real. But they didn't believe her. Well, if that wasn't enough, after this, he appeared in a different form to two of them, walking on their way into the country. And they went and reported to the rest who did not believe them. not once twice later he appeared to the eleven themselves and they were as they were reclining at the table he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart because they did not believe those who saw him after he had risen after he had <laughs> showed up to multiple people the disciples did not See, I believe this is something that we must, we must consider ourselves. You see, Jesus did everything he was promised to do. Leading up to his arrival on earth, to his departure, he fulfilled every single thing. And when he showed up and proved himself to be alive, they chose not to believe. Why wouldn't he follow through? question I want to ask today is what do you do when things don't go as planned you see the disciples had their hopes set on Jesus to be king on earth it didn't happen the way they thought everything didn't go their way and now is they're scared hiding in the upper room afraid to go out because the Israelite elites might be after them next when word gets out that Jesus is risen they wouldn't believe they denied the power of God See, we too go through traumatic things maybe not to the level that the disciples went through but maybe you have you've experienced the death or loss of a loved one that meant so much to you how do you respond when things don't go the way you planned? What do you do? What do you do? You see, the resurrection went beyond anything the disciples could ever anticipate. It's beyond our 
our knowledge, our ability to perceive reality, because it's beyond, it's supernatural, it's beyond nature. They couldn't accept it. They couldn't believe it. And I believe today we have that resurrection power available to us. Jesus' power is available. His resurrection power conquered death and gave us life, abundant life. It's available to us. The disciples lost belief in that power. Have you lost belief in that resurrection power? Maybe you've experienced things in your life that today you just don't believe in that resurrection power anymore. That God wants to give you that abundant life that John 10.10 talks about. You just, you've lost it. You've lost that hope. You've lost that belief that, that somehow you can overcome that addiction or somehow that relationship can be restored. Somehow my finances can get back on the right track. Somehow I can get, get control over these, these mental things that are just overwhelming me, these emotional things that just seem to take over in, in my life. I can't do it. I can't overcome this anymore. I, I don't know how to, and God doesn't seem to be answering my 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 prayers anymore. God's power is not available for me. He doesn't have an abundant life for me. It, you've been disillusioned about what it means to live for Jesus. You've lost hope. And today, I want to tell you that Jesus died so that you just don't have this eternal life someday to look forward to. You can have an abundant life today. It doesn't mean that you won't, have ex you won't experience pain or sorrow or, or things in this world that, that we know are going to happen. You will experience those things, but you can have life and abundant life in it. You can have power in it. You can be conquerors even though you may experience pain, sorrow, loss, disillusionment. You don't have to stay there. Jesus is here. His resurrection power is available. His resurrection power is available. He died. He gave his life so that you could find your life. Will you run to Jesus today? Run to that resurrection power today. I love how Charles Spurgeon put it. He said, to trust God in the light is nothing, but to trust him in the dark, that is faith. I believe for those of you who have gone through some really difficult things in your life, that abundant life is so beautiful it's so powerful you understand more than anybody else what it means to follow jesus what it means to have abundant life i believe god is going to take all things in your life and turn it to good will you run to him today the resurrection power of jesus is available
Father, I pray for every person listening today. Right now, by the power of your Holy Spirit, I pray life into their lives. I pray that your life will open up things in their heart and mind right now that have been laying dormant. Things that have kept them back. Doubts that have haunted them. Fear, pain, sorrow, anger, bitterness. It all must leave in the name of Jesus. That they can rise up and live as an example of your amazing love, forgiveness, grace, and power. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us today, Nexus Church family. And I encourage you to go and reach out, whether it's to somebody in your home, in your neighborhood, at your work, that you can connect with and be encouraged by and be an encouragement to. I also encourage you to reach out to us at nexuschurchmn at gmail.com. We love to connect with you and have a phone conversation with you and even have the ability to meet in person and walk with you as you connect to him. We'll see you next week.